Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, uh, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. If you're following along with a Pew Bible, you'll find it, at least in my version, on page 830. It should be behind me, hopefully on the screen as well. Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. This is the word of the Lord. In the beginning of this letter to the church at Ephesus, we're told that in Christ Jesus, we are given every heavenly spiritual blessing, that God has entrusted you and I with the treasures of heaven, with God's choicest gifts. But what happens is, as we're living our life in Christ, we realize that we're not often experiencing those blessings. The reality of what has been given to us doesn't seem to match up to the experience that we're living. One of the reasons why that happens is because we are very much engaged in spiritual warfare. We have an enemy who is against us and who is against the Lord and is against all of humanity. But understanding the strategy that the enemy uses enables us to stand firm in the Lord, to put on the armor of God and be able to withstand his schemes and to live out the purpose, the call, and the blessings that God has given to us. So we we looked at this somewhat last week. We're going to look at it a little more today, and we'll finish it up next week. But I want us to to quickly um, explore again and understand the strategy or the schemes of the enemy that he uses against you and I. And what he uses primarily is, number one, doubt, and then the threefold desires of the flesh, of the eyes, and of the pride of life. And he uses those things to attack in four ways. And it's important for us to understand that. First of all, what the enemy will always do is he wants to attack God's integrity. He wants to seek to have you doubt God, doubt God's word, and doubt God's goodness. When you're wrestling in in any of those three areas, with who God is, with what he says, and with his goodness, chances are there is an attack that's happening to you spiritually. The enemy wants you to doubt 
God. But God calls us to faith, to believe in him. When the devil tempts you to doubt God, we need to make sure that we don't let our circumstances define who we think God is, but let God redefine our circumstances. That is so incredibly important. And the enemy wants you to doubt what God says in his word, and he'll take every opportunity to confuse, to distract, to deceive in order to keep us from trusting God because he is against us. And he is against what God has for you and for me. And it's important for us. I've said this many times in this series. God is not who we think he is. In fact, maybe you just need to say that so it sinks in. God is not who we think he is. God is who he says he is. And there is oftentimes a great difference between those two. Because my perception of God is limited. Oftentimes, the the events of my life, the emotions that I'm going through, the struggles that I have tend to blur my view of of who God truly is. And so I need to walk not by the things that I'm experiencing, not by my emotions, but by the truth of who God has declared himself to be. And, And we've seen here in the book of Ephesians that God wants us to know him. And we looked, we've looked at this for, for a couple of times, but he wants us to know him, first of all, as a husband redeemer. That's who Jesus is, who offers each and every person true intimacy. He knows you fully. He loves you completely and wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. He also shows us in chapter 5 that God is a father we can trust. He offers us security And that God is also a loving master who brings purpose to all that we do. He gives real significance and real meaning to our lives. And it is in those three areas, intimacy, security, and significance or purpose, that the enemy attacks you and I the most. Think about it. He attacks your identity, gets you to compare yourself to one another, to other people, to people that you see in the media, to um, people that you work with. He's trying to crush your identity because he doesn't want you to know who God created you to be and who he saved you and is making you to be in Christ Jesus. He also will attack you, assault you with fear to get you insecure. And he will try to get you to have your life not be on purpose, but to pursue other things rather than the very things that God created and called you to do. So what do we do? We looked at this last week. What we are called to do is to stand firm in the Lord, in his strength, not in our own, not in emotion that we build up, but in the truth of what he proclaimed. And so last week, um, I shared with you just some of the proclamations of who God says we are in Christ Jesus. And I heard from a number of people just how they appreciated being reminded of that. So we're going to do that again today. I've got 20 more, most of which are out of the book of Ephesians, but not all of them. And I want us to stand up and say these together as a proclamation of truth. And and we're going to do it as a prayer. And so I'm beginning it this way. Dear Lord Jesus, through faith in you, And what you accomplished on the cross and through your resurrection, I thank you that, and let's say these together, I am adopted as God's son. You ready? Okay. And if you're a daughter, say daughter, okay? I am adopted as God's son. 
I am your beloved. I have been justified by your blood and made completely clean. I am your friend. I belong to you. I am holy and blameless. I am forgiven. I have purpose. I have hope. I am included. I am an overcomer. I am protected. I am a new creation. I am qualified to share in your inheritance. I am safe. I am part of your kingdom. I can understand what your will is. I am being washed by the water of your word. I have God's power, and I am victorious. When we say amen, that means all this is true in Christ Jesus. My challenge to each of us is to look at these scriptures. Maybe, maybe you need to write down some of those because you have a hard time believing. You set them, set them with your mouth, but you don't really believe it in your heart. Allow God's word to bring you into alignment to what he says about us. That's how we stand firm in the Lord. Thank you. You can be seated. What we want to make sure we do is not allow the enemy to steal our identity, but to be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. This is what Jesus has accomplished for us. That's what we stand in. We're not to give um, ground to the enemy. He will attack our identity. Secondly, he will attack our security. And he seeks to divide the community of believers where faith is strengthened. The enemy wants you to feel insecure. But don't let the enemy tell you that you are unloved, that you are not good enough, for you are God's handiwork in Christ Jesus. We are not only good enough, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, according to Ephesians 3.10 and Romans 8.37. We need to recognize, too, that it is the strategy of the enemy to divide us. Sometimes we wonder, why are there so many different churches, so many different denominations? And and one of the, the benefits that we have in a country where there is fewer believers and in our case, where many of us are not um, necessarily native Czechs, but we're from other places, is we come together from so many different backgrounds when it comes to small aspects of belief, and we can be unified in Christ because we realize he's more important than the smaller things that we might find to be different. But it's the strategy of the enemy to divide us. And the truth is, because he hates humanity, That's what we see lived out in our world in so many ways. I want you to think about what you see on social media or in the news. In any of our countries, there there seems to be a growing hostility, a growing polarity, where this group is against that group. And whatever that group says, I agree with, and whatever this group says, I disagree with. Whether we really analyze what they're saying or not, we're simply divided. We need to recognize, first and foremost, that is the strategy of the enemy because he hates humanity. Therefore, we don't want to be agents of division. We want to be ministers of reconciliation. That's what God has called us to. In Christ Jesus, he brings us together. He brings us to hope in Christ and a love that we can share with one another. So we want to make sure that we stand against his schemes and not allow 
that tendency just to divide, to play into the enemy's hands. The enemy not only wants to divide us, but he wants to lead us astray. That's why the scripture warns us, watch out for false prophets because they come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ferocious wolves. Let me tell you this very clearly about every preacher starting with me. You need to make sure that you compare what any pastor says, any teacher says with what God's word says. And if there's a difference, this is what you believe. This is what you agree with, not what they say, not what I say. Because we want to make sure that we're aligning our heart and our life to who God says he is and not what man says. The enemy wants us to be led astray, but also he wants to attack your purpose. And he seeks to get you and I off track from what God has called and created us to be. He wants you to live in fear. He wants you to to take your eyes off of the Lord and instead place them on your circumstances, on the insecurities that you have, rather than the promises of God. And the enemy, the final part of his strategy is he wants you to fail. But God does not. God believes in you. This is when, when he says you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, he's saying you are mine. I have chosen you. I have designed you with a purpose that I will give you the strength and the ability to complete. God doesn't want any believer to fail. He believes in you, which I, I got to tell you, that is one of the most amazing things to me to think about. Knowing all of the ways that I disappoint the Lord, all the sin, all the failures, all the times I have blown it, and yet God chooses to invest his Holy Spirit in me. He teaches me through his word because he wants me to complete what he created me to do. And he does that for each of us. He loves you. He believes in you. And and this is one, I I want you to, to, maybe you even need to say this, God even likes you. I know sometimes that's really hard for us to get our minds around, but it's true. He likes you. He loves you. He's proven it in Jesus Christ. All right, so we're to be strong in the Lord, in our identity and who we are in Christ Jesus. And then the scripture says in verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The picture that we're given here in the scripture is that of a warrior ready for battle fully protected with all of the defensive army and our armor, ready to use his sword of the word of God to defeat the enemy. This is a picture of who we are in Christ. Now, this armor is not your armor. It's not my armor. It is God's armor. In fact, the picture comes from the scripture, and we'll look at it this week and next week. It comes out of a depiction of the Messiah, which is Jesus Christ, that we find in Isaiah. 
And each piece of armor is mentioned somewhere else in the book of Isaiah. And so when Paul is using this imagery, yes, he's thinking of a Roman soldier, perhaps a Roman centurion who's arrayed for battle, but ultimately he's thinking about the scripture and what it says about Jesus. Let me show it to you. Because it begins with the belt of truth. And the belt is the piece of armor that is, that is absolutely essential because everything else is connected to it. The sword, uh, and it's not just a belt like we would wear today that holds my pants up, hopefully, and my microphones and monitors and all kinds of other things we attach to it. It hold, held everything together. It would have been a much broader um, thicker piece of leather that would have metal pieces on it that would protect the thighs and the lower legs and protect from the, from the rear as well. And to that, your sword would be attached. It usually had a harness on it as well from which your breastplate would be attached. And so it held all the pieces of armor together and bound them to your body. And he says the piece of armor that does that is truth. Well, here's how it describes that belt Uh, concerning Jesus. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 11, verses one through five. This is such a beautiful picture of who Jesus is and how we are to stand in him. Isaiah 11, verse one. There shall come forth from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. So 